Welcome to Bandcamp. My name's Dan. And I'm Jennifer. And this is the podcast where we read banned books to try to find out why they were banned in the first place. And this season, we are reading The Outsiders by S.E. Hinton. There will absolutely be spoilers ahead because we are literally reading the book out loud to try to figure out why it was banned. Should I give a quick, this is episode two, so we are starting chapter two today. Correct. So should I catch everyone up on what happened in the first chapter? Please do. So we have a, the protagonist of the story is a young gentleman named Ponyboy Curtis. And we met Ponyboy and his brother Soda and his brother Derry and their group of greasers. And the greasers, well, basically the story, it started with Ponyboy getting assaulted after he left a movie theater by the rival gang, which are called the Soches. And this is 1965, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Awesome. With that, let's begin chapter two. Dally was waiting for Johnny and me under the streetlight at the corner of Pickett and Sutton. And since we got there early, we had time to go over to the drugstore in the shopping center and goof around. Oh, wait, is this is the shoplifter with them? Which one's the shoplifter? Dally, Dylan, Dally. Which one is Dally? Is he the shoplifter? Dally is Matt Dylan. Two bit, two bit is the shoplifter because everything's a joke to him. You're talking about two bit Matthews? That's right. We bought Cokes and blew the straws at the waitress and walked around eyeing things that were lying out in the open until the manager got wise to us and suggested we leave. He was too late, though. Dally walked out with two packages of cools under his jacket. Okay, so is Dally the shoplifter then? Or are they all shoplifters? I think they're all shoplifters to different degrees. I don't think mm-hmm. Pony Boy is a shoplifter. Yeah, that's right. He's the straight-laced one. And I'm sure Soda and his, you know, all the, all the uh, Curtis boys are fine for sure. Then we went across the street and down Sutton a little way to the Dingo. The Dingo. The Dingo. Now, what is this establishment? There are lots of drive-ins in town. The Stoshas go to The Way Out and Rusty's, and the Greasers go to The Dingo and Jay's. Drive-in or diner? Drive-in. Drive-in. So Little Tulsa has a couple, uh, they got four places to go. At least four. You want to hit The Dingo or Jay's? I like the eggs at Jay's. Ah, Jay's it is. (laughs) The Dingo is a pretty rough hangout. There's always a fight going on there, and once a girl got shot. Oh, Jesus. Let's hit Jay's instead. (laughs) I know. (laughs) We walked around talking to all the greasers in the hoods we knew, leaning in car windows or hopping into the back seats and getting in on who was running away and who was in jail and who was going with who and who would whip who and who stole what and when and why. We knew about everybody there. There was a pretty good fight while we were there between a big 23-year-old greaser and a Mexican hitchhiker. We left when the switchblades came out because the cops would be coming soon and nobody in his right mind wants to be around when the fuzz show. We crossed Sutton and cut around behind Spencer's special, the discount house, and chased two junior high kids across a field for a few minutes. By then, it was dark enough to sneak in over the back fence of the nightly double drive-in movie. It was the biggest in town and showed two movies every night and on weekends, four. You could say you were going to the nightly double and have time to go all over town. 
We all had the money to get in. It only costs a quarter if you're not in a car. But Dally hated to do things the legal way. He liked to show that he didn't care whether there was a law or not. He went around trying to break laws. He went to the rows of seats in front of the concession stand to sit down. Nobody else was there except two girls who were sitting down front. Dally eyed them coolly, then walked down the aisle and sat right behind them. I had a sick feeling that Dally was up to his usual tricks. And I was right. He started talking, loud enough for the two girls to hear. He started out bad and got worse. Why is he doing this? Because he's an idiot. He's a dick. Yeah. Dallas could talk awful dirty if he wanted to, and I guess he wanted to then. I felt my ears get hot. Two Bit or Steve or even Soda would have gone right along with them, just to see if they could embarrass the girls. But that kind of kicks just doesn't appeal to me. I sat there, struck dumb, and Johnny left hastily to get a Coke. I wouldn't have felt so embarrassed if they had been greasy girls. Greasy girls? Greasy girls! I might even have helped old Dallas. But these two girls weren't our kind. They were tough-looking girls, dressed sharp and really good-looking. They looked about 16 or 17. One had short, dark hair, and the other had long red hair. The redhead was getting mad, or scared. She sat up straight, and she was chewing hard on her gum. The other one pretended not to hear Dally. Dally was getting impatient. He put his feet up on the back of the redhead's chair, winked at me, and beat his own record for saying something dirty. She turned around and gave him a cool stare. Take your feet off my chair and shut your trap. Boy, she was good looking. I'd seen her before. She was a cheerleader at her school. I'd always thought she was stuck up. Dally merely looked at her and kept his feet where they were. Who's gonna make me? Oh, that's so immature. What a jerk. Right. The other one turned around and watched us. That's the greaser that jockeys for the slash J sometimes. She said as if we couldn't hear her. I had heard the same tone a million times. Greaser, greaser, greaser. Jen, how would how would um, Ray Bradbury have written that line? You you come up with something. I don't know. Greaser, greaser, greaser. Seven, nine, eleven. Sunshine blowing. Greaser, greaser. And then the calendar pages went by. And greaser. Oh, yeah. I had heard that tone before too many times. What are they doing at a drive-in without a car, I thought. And Dallas said, I know you two. I've seen you around rodeos. It's a shame you can't ride a bull half as good as you can talk it, the redhead <laughs> said coolly and turned back around. That didn't bother Dally in the least. You two barrel race, huh? You'd better leave us alone, the redhead said in a biting voice, or I'll call the cops. Oh, my, my, Dally looked bored. You've got me scared to death. You ought to see my record sometime, he grinned shyly. Guess what I've been in for? Please leave us alone, she said. Why don't you be nice and leave us alone? Dally was grinning roguishly. I'm never nice. Want a Coke? She was mad by then. I wouldn't drink it if I was starving in the desert. Get lost, Hood. Dally merely shrugged and strolled off. The girl looked at me. I was half scared of her. I'm half scared of all nice girls, especially Soshas. Are you going to start in on us? I shook my head wide-eyed. No. Suddenly she smiled. Gosh, she was pretty. You don't look the type. What's your name? I wish she hadn't asked me that. I hate to tell people my name for the first time. Ponyboy Curtis. 
Then I waited for the, you're kidding, or that's your real name, or one of the other remarks I usually get. Pony Boy is my real name, and personally, I like it. The redhead just smiled. That's his real name? That's not his nickname? Like the other people? So his mom and dad named him Pony Boy. The redhead just smiled. That's an original and lovely name. My dad was an original person, I said. I've got a brother named Soda Pop, and it says so on his birth certificate. I thought these were all nicknames, like 2-Bit. So his mom and dad, the Curtises, had three boys named Daryl, Soda Pop, and Pony Boy. What happened after Daryl? Why did they do a 180? Maybe they just really didn't care and they were just looking around the rooms. Do you think there was a minotaur creature in that room with them? <laughs> it's a weird one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. My name's Sherry, but I'm called Cherry because of my hair. Cherry Valance. I know, I said, you're a cheerleader. We go to the same school. You don't look old enough to be going to high school, the dark-haired girl said. I'm not. I got put up a year in grade school. Cherry was looking at me. What's a nice, smart kid like you running around with trash like that for? I felt myself stiffen. I'm a grease, same as Dally. He's my buddy. I'm sorry, pony boy, she said softly. Then she said briskly, your brother Soda Pop, does he work at a gasoline station? A DX, I think? Yeah. Man, your brother is one doll. I might have guessed you were brothers. You look alike. I grinned with pride. I don't think I look one bit like Soda. But it's not every day I hear Socias telling me they think my brother is a doll. Didn't he used to ride in rodeos? Saddle bronc. Yeah, Dad made him quit after he tore a ligament, though. We still hang around rodeos a lot. I've seen you two barrel race. Thanks, Cherry said. And the other girl, who was named Marcia, said, How come we don't see your brother at school? He's not any older than 16 or 17, is he? I winced inside. I've told you I can't stand it that Soda dropped out. He's a dropout, I said roughly. Dropout made me think of some poor, dumb-looking hoodlum wandering the streets, breaking out streetlights. It didn't fit my happy-go-lucky brother at all. It fitted Dally perfectly, but you could hardly say it about soda. Well, then don't say it. You're the one who's saying it. Yeah. Johnny came back then and sat down beside me. He looked around for Dally, then managed to say hi to the girls who'd tried to watch the movie. He was nervous, though. Johnny was always nervous around strangers. Cherry looked at him, sizing him up as she had me. Then she smiled softly, and I knew she had him sized up right. Dally came striding back with an armful of Cokes. He handed one to each of the girls and sat down beside Cherry. This might cool you off. She gave him an incredulous look, and then she threw her Coke in his face. Jeez! <laughs> I like her. <laughs> That might cool you off, Greaser. After you wash your mouth and learn to talk and act decent, I might cool off too. Dally wiped the coke off his face with his sleeve and smiled dangerously. If I had been Cherry, I would have beat it out of there. I knew that smile. Fiery, huh? Well, that's the way I like him. He started to put his arm around her, but Johnny reached over and stopped him. Leave her alone, Dally. Huh? Dally was taken off guard. He stared at Johnny in disbelief. Johnny couldn't say boo to a goose. Johnny gulped and got a little pale, but he said, You heard me. Leave her alone. Dallas scowled for a second. If it had been me, or Two-Bit, or Soda, or Steve, or anyone but Johnny, Dally would have flattened him without a moment's hesitation. You just didn't tell Dally Winston what to do. One time in a dime store, 
a guy told him to move over at the candy counter. Dally had turned around and belted him so hard it knocked a tooth loose. A complete stranger, too. I really don't like this Dally. I don't like Dally at all. He's going to bring everyone down. But Johnny was the gang's pet, and Dally just couldn't hit him. He was Dally's pet, too. Dally got up and stalked off, his fist jammed in his pockets and a frown on his face. He didn't come back. Cherry sighed in relief. Thanks. He had me scared to death. Johnny managed an admiring grin. You sure didn't show it. Nobody talks to Dally like that. She smiled. From what I saw, you do. Johnny's ears got red. I was still staring at him. It had taken more than nerve for him to say what he'd said to Dally. Johnny worshipped the ground Dallas walked on, and I had never heard Johnny talk back to anyone, much less his hero. Marcia grinned at us. She was a little smaller than Cherry. She was cute, but that Cherry Valance was a real looker. Y'all sit up here with us. You can protect us. Johnny and I looked at each other. He grinned suddenly, raising his eyebrows so that they disappeared under his bangs. Would we ever have something to tell the boys, his eyes said plainly. We had picked up two girls, and classy ones at that. Not any greasy broads for us, but real socias. Soda would flip when I told him. Okay, I said nonchalantly. Might as well. I sat next to them, and Johnny sat next to Cherry. How old are y'all? Marcia asked. Fourteen, I said. Sixteen, said Johnny. That's funny, Marcia said. I thought you were both sixteen, Cherry finished for her. What was she going to say? I don't know. Oh, well. I was grateful. Johnny looked 14, and it bugged him something awful. This is an interesting choice for S.E. Hinton. To, <laughs> it seems like Ponyboy wants Cherry balance. Now Johnny yeah. just getting his way back right in there. Interesting. We'll see. Johnny grinned. How come y'all ain't scared of us like you were, Dally? Cherry sighed. You two are too sweet to scare anyone. First of all, you didn't join in Dallas's dirty talk, and you made him leave us alone. And when we asked you to sit up here with us, you didn't act like it was an invitation to make out for the night. Besides that, I've heard about Dallas Winston, and he looked as hard as nails and twice as tough. And you two don't look mean. Sure, I said tiredly. We're young and innocent. No, Cherry said slowly, looking at me carefully. Not innocent. You've seen too much to be innocent. Just not dirty. Dally's okay, Johnny said defensively, and I nodded. You take up for your buddies, no matter what they do. When you're a gang, you stick up for the members. If you don't stick up for them, stick together, make like brothers, it isn't a gang anymore. It's a pack. A snarling, distrustful, bickering pack like the Socias in their social clubs, or the street gangs in New York, or the wolves in the timber. He's tough, but he's a cool old guy. It's interesting. But they can actually look at the socias as like, you're not even a real group of friends. You're just kind of a group of like these bickering dogs, right? It's interesting. He'd leave you alone if he knew you, I said. And that was true. When Steve's cousins from Kansas came down, Dally was decent to her and watched his swearing. We all did around nice girls who were the cousinly type. I don't know how to explain it. We try to be nice to the girls we see once in a while, like cousins or the girls in our class. But we still watch nice girl go by on the street corner and say all kinds of lousy stuff about her. Don't ask me why. I don't know why. You should probably know why. <laughs> if you're going to yeah. do shit, shit stuff, then. Oh, well. Well, said Marcia with finality, 
I'm glad he doesn't know us. I kind of admire him, Cherry said softly, so only I heard, and then we settled down to watch the movie. She admires someone who was, like, abusing her? I don't like that at all. Yeah, that's that throws up a red flag for me. <laughs> hmm. Oh, yeah, we found out why they were without a car. They'd come with their boyfriends, but walked out on them when they found out the boys had brought some booze along. The boys had gotten angry and left. I don't care if they did, Cherry sounded annoyed. It's not my idea of a good time to sit in a drive-in and watch people get drunk. You could tell by the way she said it that her idea of a good time was probably high class and probably expensive. They decided to stay and see the movie anyway. It was one of those beach party movies with no plot and no acting, but a lot of girls in bikinis and some swinging songs. So it was all right. We were all four sitting there in silence when suddenly a strong hand came down on Johnny's shoulder and another one on mine, and a deep voice said, Okay, greasers, you've had it. Who's this now? Oh, God, are they going to get beat up in front of the new girls? Let's see. I almost jumped out of my skin. It was like having someone leap out from behind a door and yell, Boo! at you. I looked fearfully over my shoulder, and there was Two-Bit, grinning like a cheesy cat. No, wait, Chessy cat. A Chessy cat, not a cheesy cat. It would be like the Chester Cheeto. (laughs) (laughs) So that guy shows up. Glory, Two-Bit, scare us to death. He was good at voice imitations and had sounded for all the world like a snarling soch. Then I looked at Johnny. His eyes were shut and he was as white as a ghost. Oh, poor guy. He's got the PTSD. Yeah, no doubt. His breath was coming in smothered gasps. Two-Bit knew better than to scare Johnny like that. I guess he'd forgotten. He's kind of a scatterbrain. Johnny opened his eyes and said weakly, Hey, Two-Bit. Two-Bit messed his hair. Sorry, kid, he said. I forgot. He climbed over the chair and plopped down beside Marcia. Who's this? Your great aunts? Great grandmother's twice removed, Cherry said smoothly. I couldn't tell if Two-Bit was drunk or not. It's kind of hard to tell with him. He acts boozed up sometimes, even when he's sober. You know what? That is Emilio Emilio Estevez in a nutshell. Every single role (laughs) I've ever seen him in, I think he's drunk. (laughs) Well, cocked one eyebrow up and the other down, which he always does when something puzzles him or bothers him or when he feels like saying something smart. Shoot, you're 96 if you're a day. I'm a knight, Marcia said brightly. Two-bit stared at her admiringly. Brother, you're a sharp one. Where'd you two ever get to be picked up by a couple of greasy hoods like Pony and Johnny? We really picked them up, Marcia said. We're really Arabian slave traders, and we're thinking about shanghaiing them. They're worth ten camels apiece at least. Five, Two-bit disagreed. They don't talk Arabian, I don't think. Say something in Arabian, Johnny Cake. Ah, cut it out, Johnny broke in. Dally was bothering them, and when he left, they wanted us to sit with them to protect them against wise-cracking greasers like you, probably. Two-bit grinned because Johnny didn't usually get sassy like that. We thought we were doing good if we could get him to talk at all. Incidentally, we don't mind being called greaser by another greaser. It's kind of playful then. Hey, where's old Dally anyways? He went hunting some action, booze or dames or a fight. I hope he don't get jailed again. He just got out. He'll probably find the fight, Two-Bit stated cheerfully. That's why I came over. Mr. Timothy Shepard and company are looking for whoever so kindly slashed their car's tires 
And since Mr. Curly Shepherd spotted Dallas doing it, well, does Dally have a blade? Not that I know of, I said. I think he's got a piece of pipe, but he busted his blade this morning. Good. Tim will fight fair if Dally don't pull a blade on him. Dally shouldn't have any trouble. Cherry and Marcia were staring at us. You don't believe in playing rough or anything, do you? A fair fight isn't rough, Tubit said. Blades are rough. So are chains and heaters and pull sticks and rumbles. Skin fighting isn't rough. It blows off steam better than anything. There's nothing wrong with throwing a few punches. Socias are rough. They gang up on one or two, or they rumble each other with their social clubs. Us greasers usually stick together, but when we do fight among ourselves, it's a fair fight between two, and Dally deserves whatever he gets, because slashed tires ain't no joke when you've got to work to pay for them. He got spotted, too, and that was his fault. God, what are all these weird rules? All these weird social rules. <laughs> they, they're oddly fair. Here's my buddy, Dally, but he does deserve to get the crap kicked out of him or go to jail because he did, you know, it's weird. It's not that he hurt another greaser's pocketbook. It's that he got caught doing it. Yeah, and he deserves then what he gets to go to jail. What can you do? Our one rule besides stick together is don't get caught. He might get beat up. He might not. Either way, there's not going to be any blood feud between our outfit and Shepherd's. If we needed them tomorrow, they'd show. If Tim beats Dally's head in and then tomorrow asks us for help in a rumble, we'll show. Dally was getting kicks. He got caught. He pays up, no sweat. Yeah, boy, Cherry said sarcastically. Real simple. Sure, Marcia said, unconcerned. If he gets killed or something, you just bury him, no sweat. Two-bit grinned and lit a cigarette. Anyone want a weed? I looked at Two-Bit admiringly. He sure put things into words good. He put words in good. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone want a weed? <laughs> maybe he was still a junior at 18 and a half, and maybe his sideburns were too long, and maybe he did get boozed up too much, but he sure understood things. I can't believe he's a junior in high school at almost 19. I mean, you got to give it to him like he's still in high school. I guess. Like, why didn't he quit? If you're 19 and you're like a junior, it's like, well, I, I guess you have a little bit of stick to to you. May want to just go get a job, though. Yeah, at that point. Yeah, like, what's he going to do with a diploma anyways? Is he going to college? He's going to smoke it. <laughs> Cherry and Marcia shook their heads at his offering of cigarettes. But Johnny and I reached for one. Johnny's color was back and his breathing was regular but his hand was shaking ever so slightly. A cigarette would steady it. Pony boy, will you come with me to get some popcorn, Cherry asked. I jumped up. Sure, y'all want some? I do, said Marcia. She was finishing the Coke Dally had given her. I realized then that Marcia and Cherry weren't alike. Cherry had said she wouldn't drink Dally's Coke if she was starving, and she meant it. It was the principle of the thing, but Marcia saw no reason to throw away a perfectly good free Coke. Me too, said Two-Bit. He flipped me a 50-cent piece. Get Johnny some, too. I'm buying, he added as Johnny started to reach into his jeans pocket. We went to the concession stand and, as usual, there was a line a mile long, so we had to wait. Quite a few kids turned to look at us. You didn't see a kid grease and a Soshi cheerleader together often. Cherry didn't seem to notice. Your friend, the one with the sideburns, he's okay? He ain't dangerous like Dallas, if that's what you mean. He's okay. She smiled and her eyes showed that her mind was on something else. 
Johnny, he's been hurt bad sometime, hasn't he? It was more of a statement than a question. Hurt and scared. It was the Socias, I said nervously, because there were plenty of Socias milling around and some of them were giving me funny looks, as if I shouldn't be with Cherry or something. And I don't like to talk about it either. Johnny getting beat up, I mean. But I started in, talking a little faster than I usually do because I don't like to think about it either. It was almost four months ago. I had walked down to the DX station to get a bottle of pop and to see Steve and Soda because they'll always buy me a couple of bottles and let me help work on the cars. I don't like to go on weekends because then there's usually a bunch of girls down there flirting with Soda. All kinds of girls. Socias too. I don't care too much for girls yet. Soda says I'll grow out of it. He did. It was a warmish spring day with the sun shining bright, but it was getting chilly and dark by the time we started for home. We were walking because we had left Steve's car at the station. At the corner of our block, there's a wide open field where we play football and hang out, and it's often a site for rumbles and fist fights. We were passing it, kicking rocks down the street and finishing our last bottle of Pepsi, when Steve noticed something lying on the ground. He picked it up. It was Johnny's blue jean jacket, the only jacket he had. So this is a flashback to when Johnny got beat up. So I guess these guys, Pony Boy was there when they found him, I think. That's what it sounds like. I mean, they just found his jacket, so. And his only jacket. Looks like Johnny forgot his jacket, Steve said, slinging it over his shoulder to take it by Johnny's house. Suddenly he stopped and examined it more carefully. There was a stain the color of rust across the collar. He looked at the ground. There were some more stains on the grass. He looked up and across the field with a stricken expression on his face. I think we all heard the low moan and saw the dark motionless hump on the other side of the lot at the same time. Soda reached him first. Johnny was laying face down on the ground. Soda turned him over gently, and I nearly got sick. Someone had beaten him badly. We were used to seeing Johnny banged up. His father clobbered him a lot, and although it made us madder than heck, we couldn't do anything about it. But those beatings had been nothing like this. Johnny's face was cut up and bruised and swollen, and there was a wide gash from his temple to his cheekbone. He would carry that scar all his life. His white t-shirt was splattered with blood. I just stood there trembling with sudden cold. I thought he might be dead. Surely nobody could be beaten like that and live. Steve closed his eyes for a second and muffled a groan as he dropped on his knees beside Soda. Somehow the gang sensed what had happened. Two-Bit was suddenly there beside me, and for once his comical grin was gone and his dancing gray eyes were stormy. Derry had seen us from our porch and ran towards us, suddenly skidding to a halt. Dally was there, too, swearing under his breath and turning away with a sick expression on his face. I wondered about it vaguely. Dally had seen people killed on the streets of New York's west side. Why did he look sick now? Johnny? Soda lifted him up and held him against his shoulder. He gave the limp body a slight shake. Hey, Johnny Cake. Johnny didn't open his eyes, but there came a soft question. Soda? Yeah, it's me, Soda Pop said. Don't talk. You're going to be okay. There was a whole bunch of them, Johnny went on, swallowing, ignoring Soda's command. A blue Mustang full. I got so scared. He tried to swear, but suddenly started crying. 
fighting to control himself, then sobbing all the more because he couldn't. I had seen Johnny take a whipping with a two-by-four from his old man and never let out a whimper. That made it worse to see him break now. Soda just held him and pushed Johnny's hair back out of his eyes. It's okay, Johnny Cake. They're gone now. It's okay. Finally, between sobs, Johnny managed to gasp out his story. He had been hunting our football to practice a few kicks when a blue Mustang pulled up beside the lot. There were four Soshas in it. They had caught him, and one of them had a lot of rings on his hand. That's what had cut Johnny up so badly. It wasn't just that they had beaten him half to death. He could take that. They had scared him. They had threatened him with everything under the sun. Johnny was high-strung anyway, nervous wreck from getting belted every time he turned around and from hearing his parents fight all the time. Living in those conditions might have turned someone else rebellious and bitter. It was killing Johnny. He had never been a coward. He was a good man in a rumble. He stuck up for the gang and kept his mouth shut around cops. But after that night of the beating, Johnny was jumpier than ever. I didn't think he'd ever get over it. Johnny never walked by himself after that. And Johnny, who was the most law-abiding of us, now carried in his back pocket a six-inch switchblade. Well, that's probably a good thing to have anyways. Like, if, if you're living here, like, even if you are law-abiding, it's not like you're going to cut up a policeman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He'd use it, too, if he ever got jumped again. They had scared him that much. He would kill the next person who jumped him. Nobody was ever going to beat him like that again, not over his dead body. I had nearly forgotten that Cherry was listening to me, but when I came back to reality and looked at her, I was startled to find her as white as a sheet. All socias aren't like that, she said. You have to believe me, pony boy. Not all of us are like that. Sure, I said. That's like saying all you greasers are like Dallas Winston. I'll bet he's jumped a few people. I digested that. It was true. Dally had jumped people. He had told us stories about muggings in New York that made the hair on the back of my neck stand up. But not all of us were that bad. Cherry no longer looked sick, only sad. I'll bet you think the Soshas have it made. The rich kids. The West Side Soshas. I'll tell you something, pony boy, and it may come as a surprise. We have troubles you've never even heard of. You want to know something? She looked me straight in the eye. Things are rough all over. I believe you, I said. We'd better get back out there with the popcorn, or Two-Bit will think I ran off with his money. We went back and watched the movie again. Marcia and Two-Bit were hitting it off fine. Both had the same scatterbrained sense of humor. But Cherry and Johnny and I sat there, looking at the movie and not talking. I quit worrying about everything and thought about how nice it is to sit with a girl without having to listen to her swear or to beat her with, what? Or to beat her off with a club? Yeah, because he's used to seeing soda pop with the girls and they can't take it because he's Rob Lowe. Ah, okay, I got it. I knew Johnny liked it too. He didn't talk to girls much. Once, while Dallas was in reform school, Sylvia had started hanging on to Johnny and sweet-talking him. And Steve got a hold of her and told her if she tried any of her tricks with Johnny, he'd personally beat the tar out of her. Then he gave Johnny a lecture on girls and how a sneaking little broad like Sylvia would get him into a lot of trouble. As a result, Johnny never spoke to girls much. But whether that was because he was scared of Steve or because he was shy, I couldn't tell. I got the same lecture from Tubit after we'd picked up a couple of girls downtown one day. 
I thought it was funny because girls are one subject even Derry thinks I use my head about. And it really had been funny because Two Bit was half cracked when he gave me the lecture. And he told me stories that about made me want to crawl under the floor or something. But he had been talking about girls like Sylvia and the girls he and Dally and the rest picked up at drive-ins in downtown. He never said anything about Soshi girls. So I figured it was all right to be sitting there with them, even if they did have their own troubles. I really couldn't see what Soshis would have to sweat about. Good grades, good cars, good girls, Madras, and Mustangs, and Corvairs. Man, I thought, if I had worries like that, I'd consider myself lucky. I know better now. End of chapter two. Well, I don't know, Jennifer. I I don't know what they are going to say, what Cherry is going to tell him that would make me think that the Soches have it worse than the Greasers, because everything he just said seems very true. Yeah, I mean, maybe their home life also sucks. Hmm. We'll find out, I'm sure. It's time for PPP, Problematic Points to Ponder. What, if anything, would be considered banworthy in this chapter? I didn't even think it was that violent. They didn't describe in graphic detail the fight, you know? They just died the aftermath. Right. I haven't seen anything overtly violent. I mean, I don't get it. I don't think and, so. And kids know that people fight. Kids are smarter than people give the credit for. Yeah. Again, this is part of our history, greasers and socias. And I mean, that's a thing that happened. And why not? I don't know. It doesn't seem band worthy. Yeah, it doesn't. Let's, let's just, we can't even, I don't even want to have like a discussion about it. There, there wasn't anything. I'm yeah. moving on. I don't have time for this. <laughs> All right. You know, you and that Cherry Valance, you're very similar. You don't like to mess around. You get to the point and you move on to the next segment, which in this case is from band worthy to binge worthy. From Banworthy to Bingeworthy. Hey there, friends. Are you enjoying this contemplative, well produced podcast about banned works of literature? Yeah, so are we. Nothing quite like Dan's dulcet NPR like tones and Jennifer's thoughtful insight to really elevate the conversation. Anyway, when this is done, you want to hear me and my friend Peter talk some mad shit about old Star Trek episodes? We are V'ger Please, and each week we review a different episode of our favorite science fiction franchise from its late 90s heyday. Do we love Star Trek? Absolutely. Does it need to be taken down a peg when they inexplicably veer into storytelling madness? Definitely. Oh, dear God. Remember when Tuvok got mad that Neelix playing on all over his apartment? Fondly. Do you remember the time the first president of the United Federation of Planets got stuck in sentient... That's space diplomacy for you. Join us over at V'ger, please, each and every Thursday, wherever you download your podcasts, because you know, your brain's going to need a break after this. All right. We've caused enough literary chaos for today. Thank you for listening, scary book people. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with one person to whom it would add value. Bandcamp is produced and hosted by Dan Schultz and me, Jennifer Davis. All media used in this production was done so under the protection of fair use. We'll see you next time. Bye. See you next time.